Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Scheme Me Up Body. It has been about a week, week and a half since I uploaded to the the the, the show, and I don't want to say that life got in the way because I absolutely hit and detest that excuse because that's all it is. It's nothing but an excuse. If something's important to you, you're going to get time to do it. But in saying that, that's that's kind of what did happen. <laughs> Things has just been crazy. <laughs> Life did sort of get in the way. As much as I hate saying that there, it's just, oh gosh, that's just defeatist mentality, even if you go to that excuse. Anyway, we're going to get into another little chat about uh, Star Trek, the original series. And this one is where no man has gone before. So guys, welcome along to Scheme Me Up Body. I am your host, Rodney Stewart. And uh, let's get into it. This is uh, Season 1, Episode 3, uh, where no man has gone before. And if you're watching it in sequence, if you've seen the first two episodes of the series, you'll notice a huge difference in the cast and even the way that Spock acts and talks in this episode it's very out of place compared to episodes one and two but uh you know if you're watching this on netflix it's actually listed as episode four but i'm going with the the original lessons as in you know the way the series first came out but we did do the cage at the very beginning the original pilot that was dropped so this is actually the second pilot that uh, was taken to uh, NBC after they rejected the cage. It was actually Lucille Ball who owned Desilu Productions where the pilot was produced persuaded NBC to consider the second pilot exercising a special option agreement it had with Desilu. She just believed in Roddenberry's vision so much and felt that it was pretty unfair that the cage didn't get picked up so uh, they they got a a second shot at it and uh, you know in a way it's kind of good the way things turned out because you know the way Star Trek ended up when uh, it was cast with Shatner and the crew that we know from the Enterprise that was just such a good good show and uh, i absolutely love it and i don't know if they had of stuck with the the way the show was in the cage if it would have had the same success it's just one of these things we're never going to know but in saying that you know the cage is very very close to what the original series actually turned out being so it's just minor little changes here and there the biggest one of which is the change in Spock you do see that I'm leaning more towards the serious side of his character in this episode but uh, at the beginning he still does have that very human way of acting very smiley and whatnot at the the beginning of the episode but anyway uh, getting into the episode the Enterprise is on a mission to actually leave the galaxy and en route they come across a damaged ship's recorder from a ship called the SS Valiant, an Earth spaceship that was lost 200 years earlier. 
that's record is incomplete. All they all they find from the, the ship is the recorder, obviously, and you know they hook it up to the Enterprise and try and get what they can from it. Uh, the record's incomplete, but it reveals that the Valiant had been swept from its path by a magnetic space storm. So two hundred years ago, you know, like warp drive, isn't what it is at this point in the series, and uh, you know, I don't get on get on the timelines on Star Trek because you know, it changed so much over the years. Like this, uh, two hundred years thing in this episode could be completely different. Like a couple of seasons down the line it's just a new territory making the show and uh yes that's a bit of a tangent that wasn't really needed but uh, anyway the the valiant caught in a magnetic space storm dragged to the end of the galaxy past the edge of it beyond where the enterprise is at at this point and uh through the records, they discovered the crew had frantically searched for information about extrasensory perception, ESP, in the ship's library computer. The recording ends with the captain of the Valiant apparently giving the self-destruct order. So they find out what happened to the ship. And uh, so Kirk decides they need to know more about what happened to the Valiant. So... The Enterprise crosses the edge of the galaxy. There it encounters a strange barrier which damages the ship's systems and warp drive. Now I'm just thinking to myself now as I'm talking here. Do you remember in Star Trek the the final frontier whenever they cross the Great Barrier? Part of me now is wondering is this the same Great Barrier we eventually get to in that movie? Just a random thought as I'm chatting here so if you do have that information please feel free to let me know but anyway the Enterprise it's damaged warp drives out it's forced into a retreat at the same time nine crew members are killed and both helmsman Gary Mitchell and the ship's psychologist Dr Elizabeth Denner are knocked unconscious by the barrier's effect when he awakens Mitchell's eyes are glowing silver and he begins to display remarkable psychic powers. So they're starting to connect the dots here now. They obviously they the Valiant encountered the same thing at the barrier and uh, you know, they ended up having to self destruct to escape whatever happened. So this is happening. Gary Mitchell and the episodes, uh, and the episodes, episode, singular. Uh, Mitchell becomes increasingly arrogant and hostile towards the rest of the crew, declaring that he's become godlike. The ESP is completely off the scale with him. Like he's, he's on sick bay at one point, and he's got the, he's reading books and the, the monitor screen at the side of the bed, and he's just bouncing through page after page after page, and you know, heading towards. The, data like ways of consuming information and he's just a regular human being uh, he's declaring he's become more godlike and forcing his desires with fearsome displays of telepathic and telekinetic power uh, 
Spock being the absolute voice of reason here. Uh, Mitchell and Kirk go way back to the Academy days. Kirk is simply... He's caught between a rock and a hard place. He's the captain of the Enterprise. He wants to protect the crew and the ship. Probably more the ship than the crew. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and he's also... This is one of my best friends of 15 years. And you know, what the heck am I going to do? So, uh, Spock being the uh, the voice of reason gives them two options there is a, a mining facility on a remote planet that they can get to under you know whatever power they have in the enterprise just regular old impulse power they've got no warp drive they're going to be stuck with this guy he's getting too strong by the time they get to a fully populated Federation planet, like everybody in the Enterprise is going to look like insects next to him. So the two options he gives up, Kirk, is to go to Delta Vega, you know, get whatever they need to repair the the warp drive there. It's a mining facility. Everything needs going to be on that planet, and uh, Maroon Mitchell on the planet. And uh, Kirk's like, I can't do that. And you know, Spock, well, your other option is. You're going to have to kill him now, before you're not able to kill him. You know it's it's uh, it's crazy stuff for a Star Trek show. But you know it's they, they were pushing as hard as they could on this second bite at the apple to you know be a little bit more daring than what the cage was. So stakes are a little bit higher in this episode. Um, so at this point, they've worked out. The Valiant crew members have experienced experienced the same phenomenon and destroyed the SS Valiant to stop the power from spreading. You know, we never actually find out what this is in the, this episode, and you know that's, that's kind of something that I, I enjoyed about old Star Trek and old science fiction. Like the, something would happen within the show, movie, whatever it is you're watching. And you know something I guess here, and you know you get an explanation of what's happened to this character, and you know eventually what becomes of the character, but you don't actually get a full explanation on what the phenomenon was, or where it came from, where it or where its origin was, and it leaves a nice little bit of mystery to an episode or movie that you know pop culture geeks like myself can sit there and just speculate for years and years of what this might have been and I I think that's what modern television is really suffering from at the minute is just too much explanation like just telling you absolutely every last detail I was not in the show somebody will go on to a panel and it's like well here's what we intended to do and blah 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 that's the way it is and it's just it takes all the fun out of being a fan of things so I do like a little bit of mystery to be left behind in the shows uh, getting back to the episode uh, yes Spock is like either moon him kill him it's your choice as, prefer, as powers are going to develop even further Kirk arguably disagrees uh, alarmed that Mitchell may take over the Enterprise Kirk does eventually decide to maroon him at the facility 
on Delta Vega. Once there, the landing party tries to confine Mitchell, but his powers have become too great, and uh, they're just on the verge of actually getting out of there. And the Enterprise is just about ready to go. There's a kill switch that they've set up that Kirk has uh, Lieutenant Kelso manning it, and he's like, you know, if Mitchell manages to get out, you're the last line of defence. Press that button. It's going to destroy the facility essentially and take out whoever's there. Uh, but Mitchell does prove stronger than what they expected. He escapes. He kills Navigator Kelso and escapes by knocking out Kirk and Spock, taking one from Doctor Denner, who has now developed similar powers. He's the the silver eyes and just getting her godlike powers and whatnot. So there, they disappear under the planet. And Kirk orders the rest of the, the remaining crew members get the Enterprise, get her ready to go. If you don't hear from me in 12 hours, go to the nearest Federation uh, planet or, you know, whatever. Start, get hold of Starfleet and just nook this planet essentially. And uh, this can't go any further. So he follows. And appeals to Dr. Denner's humanity for help. She is under the same power that Mitchell is, but she's not as far gone as he is. Like she, there's still that piece there where Kirk can, you know, kind of speak to her humanity and try and get her to help him. Uh, but Mitchell, Kirk come face to face, and before he can kill Kirk, uh, Dr. Denner seeing that he's, you know, you know the the power that he's got has completely corrupted him. Corrupted him at this point, and she actually starts to fight back with him. Uh, Mitchell fatally wounds Denner, and before he can recover from the effect of the attack she used on him, Kirk uses the phaser rifle. Uh, you know, there's a good little fist fight happening in here too, which was really well choreographed. Uh, Kirk uses the phaser. Creates a rock slide, killing Mitchell. Actually, killing him in the grave that Mitchell had uh, made for Kirk. You know, his powers are that strong at this point, he can just think of something. And boom, there it is. So, we see this open grave at one point in the episode. And he's like, you know, at least the least we can do is give you a proper burial, Kirk. So, he is an open grave. And then the gravestone appears, and uh, on the gravestone it says, uh, James R. Kirk. So, you know, that just goes to show you, like, you know, things do change. Like, you know, we all know Kirk is James T. Kirk, James Tiberius Kirk, and uh, in this first episode that he was ever in, there's a gravestone there. And the guy's threatening to put him in there. This is your grave. And it's James R. Kirk. So you'd think whenever they come at something they got the screen, they would stick with it. But, you know, changes do happen. That's all good. Um, so basically, at the end of the episode, uh, Mitchell's dead. And uh, Elizabeth Denner, Dr. Elizabeth Denner, as dead as well, the, the attack on their two godlike selves took each other out, essentially, and Kirk just kind of finished it off. 
and uh, at the end of the episode you always get a little piece at the end where they're on the bridge mainly most of the time on the bridge at the end of the episode and they have a moment to consider what they just went through in the episode and Kirk is on the captain's log and he makes an entry that both Denner and Mitchell gave their lives and the performance of their duty and when he stops the log he explains to Spock that he wants his friend's service record to end positively he didn't ask for what happened to him and uh, Kirk showed a little bit of emotion at the end of the episode he's kind of like I felt for him too so it's you see the that early development of Spock in this episode going from that very human character that we met in the cage to this new Vulcan more logical character was just a little bit less humanity in it but there you know again at the very beginning of the episode you, you did see quite a bit of humanity in him but a fantastic episode like you know it's it's not hard to see when uh, NBC got hold of this new trailer trailer <laughs> this new uh, episode they were just like yeah we're going to go with it and it's the best decision that was ever made and well, maybe not the best decision ever made like that's going to start a few arguments online I'm pretty sure if anybody actually listens to this episode but uh, when you think science fiction and some of the pillars of science fiction Star Trek is right there in the middle absolutely love this show every iteration of it even new Star Trek to an extent all the live action stuff at this point I still believe it's not as good as the old stuff I haven't got into the property and the, the animated shows yet but uh, as far as the live action stuff goes you know not 100% in love with it but I can watch it I am fairly easily pleased most of the time <laughs> anyway that's going to do it for this episode guys I hope you did enjoy it if you did please give me a little written review and uh, let me know your thoughts on the show and any suggestions on how I can do it better for you please let me know this has been a production of Coins Edge Media thank you so much for listening <laughs>